Welcome to the Spawn Chunks, episode number 74 for Wednesday, February 5th, 2020. My name is Joel Duggan, and I'm happy to report that I am not dead. But joining me very much alive is my co-host, Johnny. You may know him better as Pixel Riffs. Hello. Hello. Rumors of Joel's demise have been greatly exaggerated. And if you want to hear more about quite how ill Joel has been, along with our thoughts on recent DC and Marvel TV ventures, then you can hear that in the render distance, which you can get by subscribing to us on Patreon, patreon.com slash the spawn chunks. But uh, yeah, in your in your convalescence, uh, have you had a chance to get into Minecraft yet? Are you the kind of person who likes to just kind of chill out and do some stuff in game while you're feeling unwell? Or are you more inclined to sleep it off? So I tried. Uh, I thought, you know, being sick and not working, uh, you know, what an excellent opportunity to, you know, either get some I mean, I sometimes work when I'm sick at home because, I mean, working from home has some advantages there. Um, but uh, I, I was so ill over the last three days that I just I wasn't sitting at a computer for anything. I was barely sitting in front of the TV. Right. So but I, I um, expect you've, you've had some time before that, though, because you weren't really ill until like. You know, no, weekend, exactly. So, 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 so the week the week between our last show and um, and, and getting sick over the weekend, uh, I put in a, a fair bit of time actually in Skyblock. And, um, mostly because it's, I mean, it's been fun. I've been enjoying exploring the, the mechanics of, you know, early game sort of stuff in Minecraft, but also, um, it's just been very popular. I've, I've noticed an uptick in just viewer engagement and all that kind of stuff on Twitch. I thought, well, whatever, you know, like I'm enjoying it. Let's lean into it. You know, there, it's not like is... I'm doing it. There's kind of a community trend towards Skyblock right now. I've noticed a lot, yeah. a lot of other of my my kind of peers on YouTube have been starting a series. I mean, Impulse and Skiers have been doing their thing pretty much yep. like repeatedly for the last little while. But I think Skyblock is one of those trends that comes up whenever there's a lull in the new content of Minecraft. And with yeah. 115 being such a light update, it makes sense that everyone's just trying to get what they can out of Minecraft before the Nether update shows up. About which, well, more later, by the way. Yeah, not, not to mention that the... I'm not sure the last time that Skyblock was like that popular, but there's probably been a couple of versions since it was a really, you know, mainstream thing. Yeah. And so you've got 113 water mechanics. You've got 114 villager trading. You've got the wandering trader. Like there's all these different things that, that kind of go in there and um, move things around and kind of make you think about things slightly differently. Um, so I've got, you know, I've got a fairly established, you know, um, main area now. I've got a decent farm. I'm never, I'm not running out of food. Um, I have a decent tree farm now. We've branched out to a couple different biomes. I didn't go to the ones I wasn't interested in, but I will eventually go to them because the map, I'm playing the Dr. Trog map as you are, and it has some achievements for like, you know, having all the saplings and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So I have to go out to the other islands, but I did things like create a um husk farm uh i've got a dark room spawner i i've been trying to do the whole passive mob thing and I, I i'm not really sure i don't think i really understand the mechanics of passive mob spawning and i had to figure out a few things on my own someone was saying that you know similar to aggressive mobs they don't spawn within 24 blocks of the player yeah but i discovered they don't spawn within 24 blocks of your spawning area either so just because it's 24 blocks away from you where you're standing doesn't mean that it's 24 blocks away from the 20 by 20 area that the game designates as your spawning area. Yeah. So, so, and I, so I did a little bit of math and sure enough, 24 blocks away from the edge of the spawning area, you start to get passive mobs. Uh, but then they stop when they reach a certain number, which I think is six, which to me seems ridiculously low because 
in any Minecraft world that I've been in, there's a lot more than six animals. Yeah. So I don't know where the cap is and why it stops, but I had grabbed a couple cows and grabbed a couple chickens as one might do and, and bring them over to start breeding them up. And again, I had started, I realized that I had brought them over probably within 24 blocks of my spawning area. And so all mob spawning stopped. I was like, well, well sorry, all passive mob spawning stopped. So then I moved them, uh, killed all the chickens except for two, killed all the cows except for one. I thought I had kept two, but I only had the one. Uh, and moved them just really far. I moved them a good 60 blocks away in the other direction. Sure enough, uh, new passive mobs started to spawn on the patch of grass that they were able to. So I was like, okay, this is, I'm still trying to figure it out. And the wiki was no help. So I really don't know what the mechanics are. I'm also not sure if I'm approaching passive mobs in Skyblock the right way. Uh, a lot of players that I've seen in Skyblock, they're using it as a kind of a mob flushing platform where they're not keeping any mobs. They're yeah. just spawning them, killing them, taking the drops, spawning new ones. But for me, it's like, well, if I want to work with wool, I don't want to kill the sheep. I want to keep the sheep around. Yeah. And so I think I have to figure out a way or a location to move these sheep to that is either not loaded uh, or... Um, or something well that and that becomes a problem too because then the sheep won't replenish their wool when they're not loaded so you know i'm trying to figure out what distance i can move mobs to where new mobs will still spawn but once i you know kind of move these sheep and, and get a couple more and dye them then you know I, I can go and and keep new mobs spawning in so i can, we'll see I how can that shed goes. a little bit of light on that but it really depends how much information you want to take in while you're still not feeling 100 percent because there's oh. like there is maths involved with uh passive mob spawning um the thing i have done is build a mob spawning platform at the bottom of the world because of minecraft calculating spawns yep. from the bottom upwards and that really allows passive mobs to spawn much more frequently so like you said if you end up killing a couple of them you leave that area and typically i go back up to the top level of my island where which is where the island starts at like y64 like roughly sea level for terrain mm -hmm. um and then when i look down at that platform again stuff has already started spawning again so it's um yeah a, a lot of it is just like refreshing the mob cap in that specific location uh, but it has a lot more to do with how many chunks are possible for mobs to be loaded into. There's a formula that you can plug it into. But if you just have one chunk, you're looking at like about 10 passive mobs being able to be in that one area. And until uh... there are more chunks for them to be able to be present in, it's not going to try and spawn more mobs. Which is why you end up, even if you have like a massive sheep farm at your spawn chunks in a typical vanilla world with terrain that's how you still find mobs elsewhere is because the sheer number of chunks outside is adding to that formula uh, okay so that well that makes a lot more sense because i because you know one of the obvious things i did with um skyblock is a lot of my chunks are slabbed so there's no there's no spawning of anything yeah um which is how it's designed uh except for where i want them to be so that's that's good to know so that means that the location where i've got my cow and chickens kind of chilling out um I could I could build a couple of chunks out that way that have grass in them. Although that would be a pain in the butt to get grass out that far. Exactly. Yeah. It, 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 it was it was, just a, might... it was a a pain in the butt getting grass down to y equals one in the void. Oh, so, I saw. I watched yeah. you do it, and I thought to myself, nope. nope I'm nope, doing it in a different way. Absolutely. I, I, I my way might take longer. It might be inefficient, but I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have that kind of that kind of time. Um, 
so yeah, I mean that that's that's kind of like one of the things that's got me kind of stumped, but in a good way, like kind of in a I'm enjoying kind of muscling through and 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 sorting that out, um, which it'll help with I think passive mob mechanics in vanilla Minecraft when I want to go back to the Citadel and do some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also cured a couple of villagers, which funny enough I've never done before in Minecraft. I never needed to, so um, I've cured a couple of um, zombie villagers. My my passive mob spawner is pumping out mobs like it's bananas. Uh, it's just two levels of like dudes walking off trap doors like there's no redstone there's just some water stuff and so it's great you just kind of sit there and really in 10 minutes you'll you'll get a zombie villager it's just kind of a a, you know a numbers game um but the first two villagers that i made i was talking with the chat room about this and um ignoring the fact that i made a lectern anticipating a cleric instead of a brewing stand um because i just forgot um one of the things that i was able to do was i made a cleric for the rotten flesh trade because i had a ton um from the mob spawner and i made a cartographer because i was sick of kind of pushing out into the world looking for nothing like just you know you've got no indication whatsoever as to where you're supposed to find these things and i know because of the update to the dr trog map that there is a ocean monument and there is a woodland mansion and there's a witch hut mm-hmm. i don't think you get treasure maps to witch huts but um I, I thought the cartographer uh, would be able to give me like an ocean, you know, treasure map or an ocean. I don't remember what the technical term is, but they call it like an ocean adventure an ex- map. Explorer or... map, I think is the I one. I think so, yeah. So uh, I have the cartographer and the um, and the uh, the cleric. Now the cleric um, has given, I've got like over a stack of redstone now. So like I'm, my, the bottleneck in Skyblock was the lack of automation yeah. Uh, and so right now, I think my next step is going to be to breed the villagers and get myself. I think it's a toolsmith. Is that the st- is that the st- grindstone? Uh, it's a weaponsmith. Is the grindstone? Weaponsmith. One. Yeah. Right, one grindstone. So basically, I want to try to get a silk touch tool. Um, the grindstone is also something that I can. The grindstone with the weaponsmith that has potential for iron, right? Like you can smelt, you can buy swords and stuff, yeah. shovels, and then smelt them down. So there's a chance to get a little bit of extra iron there. And this is, I'm, I haven't watched your latest Skyblock video, but I'm just like, ooh, do I want to watch it? Or do I want to try to, you know, sort out my own way? Because I'd like to do an iron farm because I'm, I'm feeling the, I'm feeling the the time crunch of like, okay, now that I've got a tree farm and I've got like these things and it would be so nice if I could just, you know, chop down a tree and then forget about it and have all the saplings be water fed into a hopper and then into a chest and not have to worry about like running back over every three minutes and catching everything. So, um, I'm happy to have the redstone because it means I can update the cobblestone generator. It means that I can, uh, update some of the, um, I can use observers. And once I get iron pistons will allow me to automate the sugar cane. Like there's just a bunch of stuff that needs, um, automation because I'm sick of harvesting it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of where I am. Is that I just I just got the 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 two villagers sorted at the end of the last stream, and then so I've just done when I was feeling a little bit better over the last couple of days here and there. I just took a window to sit down and you know grind some cobble and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So um, and because of that, I you know I was also able to get to the Nether, but I haven't done anything crazy. Like I found the fortress, I killed a couple of blaze, got my blaze rods for brewing, and just left. Like I just I haven't yeah. done anything. <laughs> that's that's kind of all you need to do at first, unless you want more soul mm. sand, which is dropped by wither skeletons in this map. You're really oh not, yeah, you're you're not you're not really okay. reduced to to 
grinding too much in the nether unless you want a bunch of gold um and that's really just a matter of creating a zombie pigman spawning platform so i i did that too but i think that was the episode before that was the sure the yeah yeah stream before yeah so yeah. i'm really happy with that one actually it just it's it um it works like a tick like it just it's really small but it, it works quite well yeah thanks to the fact that there's no other terrain for the zombie pigmen to spawn in so they basically yeah. have to spawn in one place it's it's a lot easier um so my skyblock progress is roughly the same as yours in that case i think i've only got a little bit further than you have and you'll probably pass me next time you feel well enough to stream because i've got to the point where i now have nine or ten villages just from breeding them um i just set up a, a, a crop field that the farmers could auto harvest themselves and just nine beds surrounding that area i cured a couple of zombie villages alongside the ones that were already cured and were breeding in that field uh, but I just wanted enough to get maybe one of every profession and they started spawning iron golems anyway and I think it is the case that once you have a high enough population they will try and spawn one iron golem even if they don't feel threatened or if they were feeling threatened it was just because there is a mob spawning platform within about like 30 blocks of where the field is so occasionally the zombies will sort of wander towards them fall through trapdoors and die in the void but that might occasionally spark the need for them to you know they spot a zombie they think they need to spawn an iron golem and all i've been doing to get rid of the iron golems and get some iron for now is just grabbing a lead that i got from the wandering traders llamas and pulling them over a campfire <laughs> and the campfire nice. just deals fire damage to them until they die so strictly speaking i don't have an iron farm but it's a, a very low-key manual kind of way of getting iron um and then that's going to kickstart the rest of the stuff that i need to build for a regular iron farm and also gets me access to workstations like a blast furnace for an armorer. Uh, so at the end of my most recent episode, I got myself an armorer. And off camera, slightly after that, I traded with him enough times that he is now selling me diamond armor. So in the next episode, I can basically get my full set of diamond armor. Probably take some of the enchants off of it because it's basic stuff like fire protection and things that I probably don't want. And then you can re-enchant that later with some books I've got from AFK Fishing. And now I have access to iron i can finally make an anvil and get some of the the books from fishing that i've already got just through through manual fishing so it's starting to like you said unlock itself at this stage and then pretty soon i'll have access to to more and more technology as i go forward the weaponsmith is not really worth getting iron ingots from because he will still sell you a sword for i think like between seven and twenty emeralds which oh, is yeah. not the best trade uh if you find find a way to kill an iron golem uh, but without killing it manually because then that's going to damage your reputation with the village um if you can make an armorer or make a toolsmith i think their stuff is cheaper the armorer at least is definitely a little bit cheaper and if you've cured one from a zombie villager especially and got some discounts then that's going to be even better but my my weaponsmith gives me discounts on swords which i think have smite too and he's still selling them to me for like 10 emeralds which is not the best right. price um so yeah, I'm looking forward to expanding that a little bit more, and campfires do seem to be the MVP when it comes to Skyblock. My wandering trader still hasn't spawned since I have had emeralds, which is kind of frustrating because I, I kind of want some dark oak saplings again. But aside from that, I think I'm roughly at the stage you are and looking into doing some more automation as my iron reserves increase. Um, aside yeah, from I've, that, I, I've, I've been... I'm hoppers, man. Like, mm. just it's It's the one thing that seems to be holding me back. Yeah, yeah, there's, it, just having some means of automated collection so that you don't have to stand around and babysit something while you're gathering yeah. is 
kind of makes sense. And in the same vein, I have now got to the point with my mountain project in the survival guide where I'm seeing my reserves of instamined stone dwindling and thinking, yeah, I need to have something going in the background that's going to harvest stone for me. And so my most recent project under this mountain that I've been building has been an automatic cobblestone generator powered by a TNT duplicator that's just going to blow up the cobble every so often. And it's a design I came up with myself while everybody in the comments was telling me to watch Il Mango tutorials. I went, no, I'll probably just do this my own way. And it's not like it has to be the most efficient thing in the world because all it needs to do is provide as much cobblestone as I am placing stone in this mountain and I'm going to break even. I don't need 180 right. double chests worth of cobblestone just sat around. And I also want to be able to smelt it automatically. So my next project with that is going to be uh, probably something I will do today, which is a collection mechanism for it all that feeds into an automatic array of furnaces. And boy, do I wish blast furnaces smelted cobblestone twice as fast. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, the mountain is going very well. Uh, and I've dropped some screenshots of it in our Discord chat, which you can probably put in the show notes as well so people can yep. see the progress on that if they haven't been catching my streams. I decided it's probably going to be a project that I will just work on on every stream until it's done because there's a limit to the amount of videos I can make about this and still make it worthwhile, including in a progressive series of tutorials. But mm -hmm. I'm really happy with the progress of it so far, and I'm looking forward to giving people the occasional updates in the videos. The mountains... I have been planning out is actually a mountain range that's going to be part of this ski resort because I thought just one mountain probably not enough and so I have planned six different peaks the second tallest of which is the one that I'm starting with because it's the one that you can really see the most of as you come through the main entrance of the ski resort which again picture in the show notes and I'm really happy with it so far it's unlike anything I've ever built before I have never done terraforming on this scale and once again I want to give a a mad props to a friend of the show F Whip uh, for his mountain building kind of tutorials and his his kind of guidance on that because I've watched a couple of his streams recently. He has some very good ideas for how to handle that stuff and he's been very encouraging in saying for a start break it up into chunks and if you get burnt out go and do something else but then also understand that it's going to come together over time and it's never really going to look bad as long as you're not just building you know straight up and calling it a mountain you know if you're building a large enough area of stone that is gradually inclined and is going up in these kind of stages and it doesn't look completely out of place for the area you are building it which thankfully in a snow biome it doesn't um it's going to look good regardless and so that's been very encouraging to me and i think as this has come together, it started off looking a little bit weird, but the more stone I add to it and the more I actually shape this thing out, it is looking more and more like the mountain I have envisioned in my head at the inception of this project. So it's uh, it's coming together and I'm really happy with the progress so far. Yeah, and look, it looks fantastic. I really like how the, the snag or uh, ski resort entrance frames the mountains in yeah. the background we've talked about this on the show before in terms of you know people ask us about creative building and you know I, I know i've mentioned you know controlling the path of the eye with objects you know like if you want people to look in a certain direction you know put trees on the other side of your path and they'll look between them yeah and and what you've got going here is, is obviously like you said like this main peak or the second main peak being very central when you're walking through the the entrance to the resort and it just it looks really really cool and and something that i'm just noticing despite the fact that it's all been planned out and you've got like the skeleton forms of these these mountains in the background um 
I would imagine the process being pretty freeing. Like you're not necessarily counting blocks. I would imagine that paying a little bit less attention and having it be a little bit more random is probably to your advantage. It looks more natural. It really is, yeah. And there are some sections, especially on the right-hand side of the picture where you can see like the the mountain is kind of front and center there are some sections that i've tried to go with if not necessarily a pattern when i'm building it up i'm trying to follow similar ridges in the structure of the mountain and then the section on the left of that is probably the most random and i'm trying different approaches as i go Un under the assumption that when i'm done with it it's all going to end up being kind of terraformed a little bit more anyway. I'm treating this almost like I'm building the terrain that I would then go back again and terraform everything like I do in, you know, standard Minecraft terrain. I'm like, I just need to fix bits of this here and there and add more mm -hmm. detail and add trees and snow. And you can see there's, you know, sections where I've tried to fill it in a little bit with snow just to see how that's going to work. And there are sections where Minecraft has naturally snowed on it a couple of times before I've managed to get into bed and stop the weather cycle from happening. But it's, yeah, it, it, it's slowly coming together and I'm going to go over it a couple more times with different types of materials and adding snow in some stages so that if anything looks a bit too repetitive and too obviously patterned, I'll be able to cover that up with other stuff later. And so an element of more randomness is going to be thrown in with, you know, switching out sections of it for yeah. different materials. It's a big project, man. Like it's, I'm, it's huge. I'm, I'm curious <laughs> as to whether you'll finish it before they release the update of Mountains. Yeah, that, that is... <laughs> I, I expect I will. I'm, I'm aiming to get it done before the Nether update happens, which I think is still going to be a little while. Uh, mm. But I am working on this. I think this is now the product of three live streams, all of which were about three hours. <laughs> so I think that's that's probably been a uh, a decent amount of progress per stream. And I think I will uh, I will probably keep going at that on streams every now and again, rather than, like I said, doing it in, in videos here and there. Um, mm. let's, let's move on to the news. Thinking of the Nether update, though, because we have a little bit of news coming out on Twitter about that now. Yeah, we had uh, at least three tweets. I feel like there was a couple of others, uh, maybe four, um, talking about, um, the, well, I say talking. They basically shared screenshots with like thoughtful, inquisitive emoji sort of situations, or, um, or they just basically uh, said, hey, look, there's a thing. And in some cases, like Dinner Bone, it was upside down, but um, we've taken the time to flip it right side up, and we're going to take a look at these uh, now. Uh, we had one from Lady Agnes. We had one from Chiwi, who's a, a new uh, developer at Mojang. She's a, there's a, they're a 3D artist. Uh, and also uh, Dinnerbone and Sliced Lime. And these were basically just, you know, uh, nothing crazy new, I don't think, in terms of what we're seeing. They were just some closer looks at how um, the Nether update is going to look. To me, I think it just looks a little bit more dense and natural looking than the original screenshots that we saw back at Minecon Live in September of 2019. Um, the thing that grabbed me first from these was the unique looking light source. Yeah. And I don't know if it's changed any since the last time we saw any screenshots, but I really like this nether mushroom foliage that's on the ground. It doesn't look like it could be anything that's collected. It looks to be decorative, much like grass would be. Yeah, you know, uh, um, and tall grass would be in a in a a plains biome, but I like the look of it. It looks like fungi, like it it has this kind of little bulby thing on the top. It has like a zigzaggy pattern. It looks unique and and fun to the Nether. 
Um, we've seen the little glowy mushrooms before, so that was nothing new. Uh, in one of the shots, we had a nice close-up look at the bark texture on the nether wart trees. Um, I can't remember from the videos. I feel like these are animated in the same way that like prismarine is animated or yeah, magma they, blocks are animated. They they sort of have that magma block style like veiny glow to them yeah. in, in the uh, in the videos that we've seen. And if that remains from those videos, or if it's something that maybe yeah gets mm. could get could get phased in or phased out depending on how yeah. they they develop these things. But it looks like we might be getting a new light source block. Um, the question that I have is, do we think from these photos, if it looks like it's a light level 15 or if it's going to be less? Because it looks like glowstone-ish. Yeah, if I it's, was, yeah, it's kind yeah. of a chunkier looking glowstone from what I've seen. If I was to hazard a guess, just complete left field, I would say glowstone and nether work combined to uh -huh. make this it looks like it might be more of an organic light source as opposed to a stone light source that's a, that's a good call yeah um you know? i i think it's um is probably going to be light level 15 judging by how it has seemingly lit these scenes and you don't know they, they could mm. have just thrown in a bunch of lighting blocks behind that but this seems fairly naturally generated and it does look like it's lighting up the whole area around it so you can imagine that it's probably quite highly lit um i really want something dimmable in minecraft i want there to be a light source that we have a measure of control over what light level it outputs so i i kind of hope that maybe there's another stage to this that it could be crafted into something else but that's just mainly wishful thinking on my part mm -hmm. um i do like the look of it. it it is quite similar to glowstone right now and i'm waiting to see what makes it different from glowstone that they haven't just put glowstone in these nether warp forests right than... that's that's the that's the thing too and and if they're they've done some really cool things lately i mean the the 115 update with bees was was a light update but um you know we've got some pretty unique features and blocks out of it so i feel like if they've taken that lesson and they're going forward with it then this could be hopefully something unique whether it gives you something unique whether it's a different kind of craft or has some different properties that kind of stuff could be could be interesting perhaps it has different light values if it's in the nether versus it's in the overworld like that could be kind of cool yes um uh, but yeah I'm... i i agree i want something either controllable dimmable or just like if you want something that's 15 use glowstone if you want something that's 10 use whatever this is you know like that that could be something kind of useful I am still so struck by how different that light blue color, that very kind of vivid blue looks in the mm -hmm. nether. I'm really excited mostly by the blue nether warp forest and, and what opportunities that has. The red nether warp forest seems to have more of this kind of thorny creeping vine in the screenshots I've seen. I've not really seen yeah. an equivalent of that in the blue biomes, which hints to me that there are potentially either hazards, if that's going to be something that can like trip up the player and kind of snares you and damages you like a berry bush does or if it's just there for a little bit of variance i think it's still interesting that you get that in red netherwalk forest and differently in and you don't seem to get it in blue and instead you get the kind of the mushroomy grass you were talking about I, yeah I think... so the the grass in the red nether biome is just i mean it's a different it's a different model but it does just look like grass like it looks like this combination of grass and coral yeah, it doesn't look like mushroomy stuff, which is fine. I mean, I'm not, I'm not complaining, um, but it it looks like these shots are moving to differentiate the blue mushroom forests from the red mushroom forests. Yeah, or, um, um, nether wart forests. Pardon me. Yeah, and and so I think I think it's going to be interesting to see what the differences are if they are 
yeah, if they're treating them as two very distinct biomes instead of one just being a different coloured variant of the other, if there is kind of unique fauna and flora to be found, if, if you know, piglins are going to be more present in one than in the other or anything like that, there's there's mm. there's a lot that remains to be seen about this. And people are, of course, excited about the, the fact that more screenshots are coming out, whether this is hinting at this being something playable in the near future, if we're going to be able to get snapshots of it relatively soon or not we, we still don't have any official word on that but it's good to know that the devs are firmly focused on this thing and are happy to share a bit more of it on twitter yeah i mean i'm happy that they're starting to share some screenshots i'm, I'm looking forward to the first snapshot so that we can actually go in and see what some of the things these things are what they drop i think that's my biggest my biggest kind of like question right now about the the nether update is like it looks cool i don't think anything even if the, the even if this is what we get without any further kind of changes to how it looks i think it's just going to be really really cool to the point where i'm probably going to uh trim the chunks that we're not using in our in our current nether on the citadel and just reload it and let it let it populate with with nether wart forests and and um, something that wasn't shared in these photos was any of the soul sand valley stuff so we don't know how that's been developed or if it's changed at all since they first showed it off. Yeah. Um, but it just, it all looks good. The questions that I have land more towards like, what does it do? You know, like what, what kind of gameplay does it add other than yeah. just looking cool when you, when you go by, right? Yeah. And that is something that ties in a little bit to an email that we got a little bit later, but yes. let's, let's wrap up the, uh, the news first. Um, in addition to some of the stuff we've seen from the team on Twitter, we've also got, um, a few people who have been shouted out on Twitter by Dinnerbone specifically for being new additions to the Minecraft team. Uh, King B Dogs, Ulraf, Panda4994, and Xylethian. Sorry if I'm butchering any of these names. Uh, and as you mentioned, W Chiwi as a Minecraft vanilla artist. There are a bunch of people who have recently been added to the team, and there's been no secret that they've been recruiting more people. A few of the Mojang team have been um posting job ads here and there just saying we're recruiting some new folks and a couple of these people are very much uh players that I, i've seen in the community i know panda is the one who i believe came up with some of the original concepts for afk fishing farms so it's kind of amusing that like you know the community has been so in insistent that every update is breaking afk fishing farms and then they're hiring the person who made them originally but it's clear that a lot of these people are have been passionate about minecraft for a long time and uh, they have a, a history as a as a team of hiring people from within the community people who are you know modders or people who've just been working with the game for a while and are talented coders so it's very exciting to see the team expand uh, there seems to be just as much weight given to java edition as bedrock edition as well so anyone who thinks they're just hiring for bedrock to sunset java you guys are probably way off base as far as we can tell so thankfully that's the case um yeah any, any any thoughts about the new team members have you managed to check out any of them so far or are you just uh just kind of playing it by ear for now just long enough to make sure that i followed them you know yeah. on twitter and and you know we'll see what happens um, i hadn't even heard that um chiwi was a new addition until um we had these pictures come out and i think lady agnes retweeted one of her one of the the posts i was like okay i'll just you know um i i confess that i'm i not i don't spend a lot of time on twitter anymore i used to 
Um, I do most of it's actually for the show. So I'm trying to make some lists, you know, something that makes it a little bit easier to decipher, you know, what's going on and, and where things are yeah, announced. Yeah. And ultimately, we have the advantage of having a pretty awesome community on Discord that tends to see this kind of stuff and, and share it on the Discord before. I'll see it on the Discord before I see it on Twitter, naturally, usually. So um, so that's cool. But I, I like two things that I seem to be noticing that are prevalent in kind of like the gaming industry right now because i listen to some other podcasts as well about gaming and one crunch seems to be a hot topic and when you're adding more people that means the workload is being better distributed and so that's good um also i would imagine that um we've also got like you know we've got minecraft dungeons coming out in the next couple months and you know as well as expansions happening for for you know java edition anyway or for minecraft this year so i would imagine that you know moving the team and expanding the team is just it's just required like if they want to start hitting this regular you know update you know technical update slash you know parody update and then in addition to that they also want to have a new feature update and some of the stuff that they've been promising i feel like from from this kind of you know new edition news feel like maybe Mojang has heard the, the, you know, the, the pleas from, from the community saying like, Hey, like you promised us some, you know, termites and stuff like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, what's going on. And I think the, the ultimate thing there is like, well, we don't have enough to pull it off. So, well, let's solve that. Let's hire some people and start working on things. Um, yeah. And I'm starting to think that we've, this is anecdotal, but, since they've brought in more people, we are now very quickly seeing more on the Nether update, right? So I mean, I yeah, I, you know, it looks good. I think it, I think it bodes well. I'm I'm happy to see that um, people are being hired and working on a game that they love, and it makes total sense that they're hiring people that have been part of the community and passionate about the game for years. Like that, that I mean, why wouldn't you? Yes. Uh, one more thing we gotta quickly cover is the on their Twitter account on January 28th, um, Minecraft Earth posted a set of patch notes for their most recent update, and we've been a little bit quiet on Minecraft Earth for a while, I think mainly just because it's been winter, and uh, I, I don't know if it's just the weather and the amount of daylight hours right now, or if it's just kind of lost its novelty for me, but Minecraft Earth hasn't really been on my radar. Um, I don't think it's necessarily as playable as the base game, and I've got a lot of energy going into other Minecraft projects right now, so kind of makes sense that it's been kind of off the radar for me but um the full patch notes are going to be linked in the show notes there's a link to a minecraft.net thing that was posted via their twitter page uh but basically there have been a few improvements and optimizations the game is still in early access so there's a lot of this stuff that is going to be worked on continuously until they decide that the thing is fit for full release uh, but there is now a reduced file size, so everything is probably a little more compressed. Uh, there's a new color balance to bright mode, so if you're playing in bright mode, playing adventures, that's now a little bit more, uh, yeah, it, it preserve your eyes slightly. Uh, the crafting and smelting menu have got an overhaul. Adventure previews have had a makeover, so they look a little bit different now. Adventures now have a visible despawn timer, so you know when they're going to pop out of existence and you're not tapping on them when they've got 10 seconds left. Uh, Mob of Me is a kind of mob that you can put in the world that is basically the sort of dull version of a player uh there are improvements to selecting those there are a bunch of bug fixes and i believe there is a new battery saver mode which is not listed in our show notes here but i will add that because 
Obviously, people have noted that the battery life is a big deal in Minecraft Earth, and the improvement that they have made is to effectively put the app on standby when you put your phone down by your side. So if your phone gyroscope notices that you're no longer like looking at the screen, if it's you know upside down, if it's in your pocket or something like that, the game will effectively pause itself in the background, allowing it to consume fewer resources while you are walking to a destination. And mm. I don't know if that's necessarily going to impact players yet. I haven't had a go with it myself to see how improved my battery usage would be. But I have a feeling that even small improvements like that are going to make a bit of a difference to people who are finding their batteries just drained by this app. Obviously, well, I mean, the any main improvement battery to battery, yeah. Yes. Any yeah, improvement the... to battery is a good one. Because, I, I mean, it's two reasons that I don't play the game is that it's winter in Canada and... I, my, it just destroys my battery like i just yeah. i can't play for more than 15 minutes so it's like well it's a lot of effort for like uh, very minimal you know re, you know reward and i'll i'll say you know with a little asterisk that i don't really think that minecraft earth is my kind of game yeah. that's not to say it isn't a good game and that they're you know not to dis, to to besmirch anybody that does really like it but it's just not for me um so i really haven't put any any um effort into it and thus i haven't really been following the news on it too much either but i don't yeah. think there has been any this is the first time i've really heard anything worth mentioning yeah, and uh, I think the battery saver thing is probably going to help for walking around, but I think the main battery drain is just the AR functionality, and I honestly don't think there's much you can do about that because it just relies on the camera being there for uh, the entire mm. thing, which yeah. is always going to be a bit of a drain. Uh, let's move on to chunk mail, and I think this was going to be a fairly chunk mail heavy episode, mainly because whipping up a discussion topic when you'd been ill the last couple of days, we weren't sure if we were going to be recording or not. Uh, it kind of makes sense just to reach out to the community for a little bit of, of feedback on the uh on the show and, and some of the stuff they'd like us to talk about so we got a bunch of emails here this is i guess kind of also in lieu of having no chunk mail dispenser episode in january because we were just coming off of a, a christmas break and so forth so uh let's get into it i guess i'll read this first one this one comes in from dylan uh which refers to the recording of the podcast as well as the upcoming nether update so a bit of behind the scenes meta and then a bit more into minecraft it says, hi, Johnny. Hi, Joel. I have two quick questions. One, what recording software do you use to record your voices from so far apart? And two, what would be one thing you'd like to see in the, nether, the nether update? Personally, I'd love it if they made those nether wart tree looking things give us a new red or blue plank instead of just being new decorative blocks. Although I'd never complain about new decorative blocks. Thanks. Thank you, Dylan. Um, as far as recording goes, why don't you kick us off? Uh, tell us about your setup, Joel. Sure, uh, and thank you for the really short, concise email. Appreciate that. Um, recording, I use a Yeti USB condenser mic from Blue Microphone. I use Audio Hijack 3 for Mac OS from Rogue Amoeba, and uh, the call between Johnny and I happens over Discord. So uh, I am able to uh, record a backup of the two of us and Audio Hijack combining the audio, but I also record my own audio on its own file. So at the end of a recording session, I have two files, one with Johnny and I on the same track for a backup, and then one individual track of just me um, through the Yeti that I then send to, to Johnny. And Audio Hijack allows me to add a couple of different small filters to uh, to the mic recording just to make it sound a little bit better, like uh, a low shelf filter, low pass filter. Basically, they're just things that eliminate background noises like um, 
fan noise or or you know small rustling and things in the background um peak limiters so then, you know in case any kind of audio spikes you don't get any kind of huge crackle or anything like that um but what the, the audio hijack really has the advantage of being able to combine a couple of different apps um and for my case i'm recording the desktop and then my mic separately but then also together at the end so uh, it's kind of a nice way to have a backup in case something bad happens you know johnny had a computer crash or something like that and we one of us or both of us each have a, a backup recording in case something goes wrong because it has happened to me in the past and there's mm-hmm. nothing worse than getting to the, to the end of an hour-long podcast and realizing that your recorder copped out somewhere around 20 minutes in and everyone just has a frustrating day um but that that's it tech wise for me it's pretty straightforward I use a Shure SM7B microphone. It's a broadcast microphone that I've been using for a little while now. Very happy with it. I'm less happy with my Behringer Zenix USB mixer. I think since using this, is you might have noticed in a couple of the podcasts, if you are somebody who notices this kind of thing, there are occasional clicking and popping noises that I think are either coming from the microphone preamps in this desk or coming from the fact that it's a USB connection to the computer, which I didn't previously have. So I'm thinking about making some changes to that to avoid audio quality issues. Uh, but the, the SM7B is a great microphone. I really love it. Uh, the show on my on my end is recorded into OBS simply because it's convenient. I already had it set up to split my desktop audio and my microphone audio, so it's nice and easy to isolate, and I can just sync up the audio track when Joel sends it to me. And aside from that, because I'm familiar with it, once again, the show is actually edited in Adobe Premiere Pro, which is typically a video editing software, and it's the software I use to edit all my YouTube video content as well. But it's just nice and easy. I know the interface. I know how I like to process the audio for my video output by adding compression a little bit to make things a little bit brighter. And so I, yeah, I, I've I've just gotten into the habit of editing everything in Premiere, so it's all in one place, and I don't have to have multiple applications out there. There, if you're interested in getting into podcast production, there is lots of free software available. A lot of yes. people use Audacity um, and say very good things about that as free software. There are a bunch of free solutions out there. So. Uh, there you go. That's the uh, the tech portion over. Now on to the question about the Nether update and what we would like to see. I think we could probably both echo uh, Dylan's suggestion of the Netherwart trees being a red or blue plank. I think it'd be great to have more variety of plank textures or plank colors at least uh, in the game because we've been working with the same six wood colors since time immemorial. Uh, what about you, Joel? What else do you think would be uh, a good addition for the Nether update? Yeah, I agree with the plank thing. I, if they go with the plank thing, let's hope that they also give stairs and slabs because how frustrating would it be <laughs> if, if it was just a plank block and there was no other variance to it's it? It's concrete all over again. Good Yeah, laws. right. Yeah, see, this is, this is what I'm saying. Um, for me, it's, it's, the, it's the properties. It's like we've got um, nether wart, which is already red, but then we've got this blue nether wart. And what I'm curious about is what are the properties of blue nether wart? What makes it different? I will be very disappointed if the only property of blue nether wart is that it's blue. Yeah, yeah, I would I would agree with that. Um, aside from the dimmable light source that I mentioned earlier, I would like them to pay as much attention to detail with the new mobs 
and the new trees as they gave to bees and we sort of brushed this a little earlier um but bees were such a small addition in terms of like an overall content update but they gave us a new technical block a new decorative block a new food source extra ways to pollinate crops new mechanics to learn as far as you know putting a campfire under there I, i've mentioned in the previous show that it basically made a campfire suddenly doubly useful because not only does it cook food but it also makes beehives safe to interact with and yeah there is there is so much going on with bees that i think obviously can be pulled from the real world and the difference with the nether update is that it is a fictional thing as far as we know i mean not sure if anybody in mojang has actually been to hell uh, i would hope not but i think um the fact that we have all of these new fantastical things coming up means you have license to do whatever you want with them and it would bug me like you said joel if these things were just ultimately one-dimensional i would like hoglins to drop something new instead of just leather or pork chops or rotten flesh or any of the stuff that we already associate with pig type animals and zombie pigmen um having them spawn in specific places or you know on specific blocks would allow players to farm them in certain ways and so learning the mechanics around that would be kind of cool and the fact that we already know piglins are going to be hunting these hoglins means that there is the option to set something up so the piglins could automatically farm the hoglins for you if you knew where they were going to be spawned and maybe if something they drop could be made into a new block or a resource that isn't easily renewable already uh like nether warts which some people have trouble finding if they can't find a nether fortress it would be nice and easy to get hold of nether wart that way and it wouldn't necessarily break progression because you still have to go and fight blazes in order to make and fuel a brewing stand so i feel like stuff like that that adds to the game and adds new ways of acquiring existing resources or adds new resources altogether to make it worth tracking that stuff down in the first place yeah, I think branching out the tech tree is essentially what people would like yeah. to see. It doesn't have to add necessarily to like additional progression, but having another left-hand turn that you could make at some point when you feel like it, you know, I think is a, is a good thing. It just adds playability. And I'm kind of hoping that there are going to be craftable blocks that we don't see. For example, like, you know, the honeycomb block being made out of, uh, out of certain stuff. It's just decorative, but it wasn't necessarily something that you would think you'd get, you know, from, from bees. Um, and I'm wondering if there's a craftable block, like if you collect enough blue netherwort from these trees, does it turn into something else that does not appear naturally in the world? Yeah. You know, that you can then combine with something else, some other resource that you have that then gives you, I don't know, netherwort, blue netherwort bricks, you know, like, cause that's another thing that I don't think netherwort bricks exist in the world naturally. Like that's only something that you can craft. So, yeah. So if there's something like that that we're not seeing, because what we're seeing is is natural environments in this new Nether update in these in these screenshots that they sent out earlier, I'm hoping that there are some more things to it. You know, than, yeah. Wouldn't it wouldn't it be seeing. cool uh, in terms of like a little bit of color theory going in here if you combined red and blue Nether warts and maybe a couple of Nether bricks, yeah. and you ended up with a black variant of Nether brick or something like that. We've been talking about having more black materials in the game, mm -hmm. but kind of combining them pigment style. I know red and blue typically makes purple, but if it was kind of mixed in with some other materials, maybe some gunpowder or something as well, I don't know, mm -hmm. you, you could end up with something that would end up being a black variant of Nether brick or something like that, which while obviously we have variants of, of Nether brick already with the red variant, but people like black nether bricks so much in terms of that's one of the additions they make as a vanilla texture pack that yep. i think would be a a, a a very useful block i think 
Yeah, because then you'd have both, right? Because then you'd have the natural vanilla wine-colored nether brick, but then you could also have a, a way to make black nether brick in the game would be very cool too, I agree. And thus black stairs and slabs and walls yes, potentially and walls. as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Our next email comes from Mech Morphic, who is a landscape artist in our Discord. Uh, horizon, uh, horizontal nether portals is the subject of this email. Howdy from Texas. Uh, I live at a university and a few of my friends have started a Minecraft server. I've been playing on the game for six years, but most of my friends are new. So often they ask things I take for granted. One of those friends asked why you can't generate another portal horizontally. I honestly hadn't thought about the possibilities that I could open up with traps, farms, and in building. Would you like to, uh, sorry, would you like there to be horizontal nether portals? If so, what would you do with the portals that you can't do already? Amazing podcast. Thanks to you both, Mech Morphic. Um, thanks again for the email and thanks for the support uh, on the show. Um, I like the idea of a horizontal nether portal. That's really cool. It's kind of like dropping into a nether portal, you know, from the overworld, almost like jumping into a fountain and then popping out below it, you know, mm -hmm. in into the nether. It kind of feels like you're going down you know, into, into, um, this other dimension. So that was kind of really cool. It raises some questions about how you get back. Um, but I mean, that's not to say that you couldn't jump up into another portal and then be spat out the other side with enough velocity that you're going <laughs> to, you know, um, and maybe that's something that would be kind of fun for, a you know, a penance of going through this portal is that if you're being spat out, maybe you're going to take a little bit of fall damage if you're not wearing the right gear. Mm -hmm. um, from, from the height of your, of your exit. It would also make watching friends return from the nether pretty exciting to have someone just kind of like, boo, <laughs> spit out, you know, like a, like a, um, uh, uh, not a fountain, a, um, a sprinkler, you know, like a garden sprinkler, just kind of like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. just shoot, just shooting players out of the nether. That's kind of fun. Um, for farms, I think it would be fantastic to quickly remove entities from the overworld, uh, either killing them in the nether or transporting them somewhere. Um, it's just too bad that we don't have the advantage or an equivalent of water mechanics in the nether, um, because you'd have to keep that dimension loaded in order to do anything with them. Um, but it would be really cool if you could do stuff like that, where you can go into the nether, immediately drop from your nether portal into some sort of automatic transport thing, you know, and kind of yeah. go from there. It'd certainly streamline transport a little bit. And uh, mm. the thing about horizontal portals is that you have to consider the first time you enter the nether, you don't know what your destination is. If the <laughs> nether portal loads you into the destination dimension and you're already falling, is there a lava lake underneath you at the time? Because I've generated in some dodgy nether portal locations. <laughs> so um, yeah, there's that to consider. It, it also have to be instantaneous transmission in the same way that going to the end currently is where you jump in the portal and there isn't any kind of wobbly portal animation it just takes you to that dimension right away um mm -hmm. if you fell through a nether portal right now with the current mechanics you'd have to stand in it for five seconds before it teleported you and it wouldn't quite be as immersive as you'd think to just stand with this thing at head height <laughs> until you transported into the nether um and likewise yeah getting back up into it would be a, a struggle if you had to leap vertically um Interestingly enough, there is a mod which deals with this kind of thing, and it's only available for 1.12, and incidentally is authored by uh, Johnny0702, who also worked on the replay mod. Um, it's called Better Portals, and it's effectively allows you to see the area of the nether on the other side of a portal. So instead of there being a wobbly portal frame and dimension loading screens, you are actually able to step through the portal directly into the nether. 
And I believe the end portal does that as well. I'm not sure quite where it drops you because the screenshot of it looks like it's dropping you from really high up in the island. <laughs> so you'd have to have Elytra already to survive a fall like that, probably. But um, yeah, it, it allows you to effectively transfer yourself instantly from one side to the other and you know how people will create a nether scene behind their nether portal sometimes to simulate the idea of being able to see through the portal into the landscape beyond this actually does that um, which is pretty cool um i assume the only problem with that being you have to have the nether loaded constantly or at least those areas of the nether loaded constantly so that you can walk from one to the other so the mod is probably quite laggy and like I said, it's only available for earlier versions of Minecraft before 1.13, and I believe the author has no plans to update it any further because just, you know, not, not really uh, worth the the effort and some things just got broken as of 1.13 onwards. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a really interesting mod. I've linked that in the show notes if anyone's interested in looking that up because that is, in theory, what you would imagine nether portals would be like in an ideal world. But, of yeah. course, in an ideal world, lag wouldn't be a thing and we would all have lots of diamonds so I yeah think it's, I've, uh, I've seen this before it looks sick like it look it's really freaky to just you know you walk around something and you can see through the portal and you can see the other side and how spacious and like you know this huge nether cave and then when you walk around the other side of the portal it's, it's just the other direction like you, you know there's just a yeah. beach and earth and stuff behind it like it's, it's a really fun visual trick um, yeah. that they play i kind of wonder whether that could be achievable without loading all of the chunks in the nether or you know just even just taking um a visual you know like i i know we've seen camera mods you know where people can take like pictures of things um in game and it would be kind of neat if if the nether portal just kind of like took an image of the viewable chunks you know and just displayed it as a still texture like it's not necessarily something that is is going to update all the time or or something that you know is as expansive but even if it was just like a you know three or four chunks around the the nether portal that would be pretty cool the trippiest thing would be linking a nether portal in the nether a few blocks away that you could see from the first portal linking that back oh, yeah. to another overworld portal somewhere else and seeing <laughs> through about eight blocks worth of nether and then back into the overworld 64 blocks away from where you started that would be kind of cool it would probably once again be a lot for the game to process but it's a bit like mm. um the actual portal games like the valve portal games yes. where you can create a portal b in front of you and behind you and just see infinite repetitions of yourself looking at yourself looking at yourself <laughs> and i mm. feel like at that point the brain starts to spin slightly but uh, yeah maybe look into better portals if you're interested in that kind of thing but bear in mind it's not for the current versions of minecraft uh, we have a couple more emails here. We might as well get on to the next one. This one comes from YouTube, actually, and this is from Zweistein HD, uh, referring to a discussion we had earlier on where I think um, we'll run for fun from our Discord was emailing in about tracking uh, the details of a test world via carpet mod. And I was confused about what MSPT stood for. Uh, it says, regarding your question on MSPT, this is milliseconds per tick. If the milliseconds per tick is below 50, you don't notice any lag, but this is mostly used for technical players to measure lag a little more precisely. Normally, the ticks per second of a Minecraft world should be at 20. A thousand milliseconds is 20 ticks, which means 50 milliseconds per tick. That's why the milliseconds per tick shouldn't go above 50. So that's an interesting comment, and thank you for uh, for pointing that out to me. I I was just unfamiliar with the terminology being used there, but that makes sense because if you are tracking how much lag a contraption generates, then 
understanding like how many milliseconds it's taking for the game to process a tick you kind of you you get the knock-on effect of that lag measured quite precisely which i'm sure is very useful for technical players yeah especially if you're on a server like you know the sidecraft guys and you know where you get a lot of technical stuff going on um i'm still sorting through some of the emails that we get in about uh data pack lag and what causes that and how to avoid that kind of stuff um but uh, that's mostly what i think we have to be concerned with on the citadel we don't have a lot of redstone stuff that is causing a lot of you know or relying a lot on on necessarily tick updates uh if we do they're not things that are loaded all the time it's only like only when i'm in my swamp base or only when alistair is running something that he's got going uh and we have a a rule on on the server that if you're creating a big redstone farm then just make sure it's something that you can turn on or off you know mm -hmm. um something that it only goes only goes when you're online and only goes when you're standing there so it just minimizes the, the tax on the server um last email is actually something that came into my personal email but i wanted to share w uh, with you here on the show uh it was from adam h connecting with a 10 year old and also hello huge fan podcast is amazing as you can tell from the subject line i'm a huge fan i've always listened to podcasts with you and pics and follow both of you on youtube and twitch long story short i've been dating this amazing woman for a while and she has a 10 year old daughter who has autism we have always gotten along, but as you can imagine, she doesn't bond with others as fast as kids who don't have the same challenges. Last year, I got her Minecraft for her birthday and instantly realized I had no clue how to play, let alone teach her. With the help of you and Mr. Pixrefs, I have been able to learn a ton about the game and it has created this amazing bond between the two of us. I just wanted to say thank you so much for all that you both do. Thanks for all the great content, Adam. Um, Adam, thank you so much for sharing that story that's fantastic i mean pixariffs and i have a lot of fun doing this podcast we obviously enjoy playing minecraft but every once in a while we'll get some feedback from the community that just kind of shares these really heartwarming stories that are affecting people's lives because of the information that we're putting out there because of the community that we've generated around the game the fun that people are getting the learning that people are doing and when it is able to connect you know uh you know two people like you know you're describing your email uh especially when it comes to uh gamers that have challenges I, I just it's such a cool cool thing to to hear about so i really appreciate it um there was also a little bit more in the email about some artwork and stuff and and again i just wanted to say thank you to adam for the kind words uh, i really really appreciate it um i i'm, I'm not uh, have i shared this with you before pixels i don't know if i have i don't think so no we'll, we'll blame the fog <laughs> of of being sick i couldn't remember whether i forwarded it or not yeah no, no, that's that's super cool, and and thanks again, Adam, for the for the email. Um, I will give you one other person to follow if you're interested in more about the bridge between people uh, with autism uh, and uh, Minecraft in particular. Um, there's a guy called Stuart Duncan whose handle on Twitter is at Autism Father. He is the founder of uh, a server which is basically uh, an autism-friendly Minecraft server. He's done TEDx talks about how Minecraft can really help autistic people communicate. Um, and I won't say anything more about that because it's trading in waters that I don't necessarily know a whole lot about myself. But uh, he is definitely worth a follow and he does some really interesting work. He has, I believe, like an annual charity live stream that is to do with, you know, funding the server and funding um, research into autism and that kind of thing. But yeah, he's definitely worth a follow if you're looking for uh, somebody else to, to kind of 
you know share share that experience with and find out more about how other people are using minecraft to communicate with people with autism that is probably going to be it for this episode of the spawn chunks keeping it light and breezy this week thank you so much for listening you can find some more information about the show and links to some of the stuff we've talked about today at thespawnchunks.com the music for the show is composed by me and the spawn chunks is proud to be a listener supported podcast if you get some value out of the show consider putting some value back in by visiting patreon.com slash the spawn chunks and joining our community of 155 patrons uh we are down one from last week but it's the start of the month dip you know sometimes people cancel their pledges or sometimes people's pledges just don't go through in the early stages of the month so we're hoping to get a few more people on board there is always room for more pledging at any level on our patreon gets you access to our patrons only discord chat and a bunch of other perks besides Special thanks go out to our content engineers Cameron Sigelski, Greener Canuck, JD Williamson, and Yitz for their support on this episode. Sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest ways to support the show. It's 100% free. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Spawn Chunks, but personal recommendations are by far the best way. Just poke a friend in the arm and say, hey, this is a great conversation about Minecraft. You should listen to it too. You can email the show at thespawnchunks at gmail.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. And of course, the RSS feed is linked on thespawnchunks.com, along with all the other things that we talked about in the show today. The patron-only RSS feed is on the Patreon page, and that is where you can listen to The Render Distance, the extended version of the podcast. My name is Johnny, but people online know me as Pixelriffs, and you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash Pixelriffs, where I attempt to make sense of this crazy and wonderful game in a series called The Minecraft Survival Guide. I've also got a Skyblock series there, and I'm streaming three days a week on Twitch, currently building mountains. <laughs> this is all behind-the-scenes work for The Survival Guide, and it's going to take a while, so drop by and say hi. I'm also the voice of the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search, and aside from that, I'm trying to post more on both Twitter and Instagram, at Pixorifs. Joel, where can people find you online? Everything I am doing online, including my illustration and design portfolio, is at joelduggan.com. You can look for that getting an update in the near future. I've been doing some new work lately. If you're interested in hiring me, then just drop me a line through the website. The Citadel Cafe is a podcast I do all about sci-fi and fantasy entertainment. We're going to be talking about Picard this week, so tune into that. Uh, you can follow me on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, my name, Joel Duggan, very easy to find. I have no idea when I'm going to be streaming next. It all depends on how <laughs> I feel uh, and whether or not my voice will hold up for it. So uh, just leave a follow over on Twitch. You'll get notified whenever I go live. Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite. Snapshot when? <laughs>